You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker, Alan Shearer and Micah Richards. Uh, with the Champions League group stages coming to a close, it's it's been, let's say, an exciting week of football once again. I must say, um, Alan, I'm watch- watching the game last night, I was really cheering Newcastle on. I mean, it was talk about a roller coaster of, of different positions and and emotions it, it was quite something and I, I really I really felt for you boys you sound pretty genuine it, no genuinely <laughs> genuine I know we have fun and we have banter yeah. at each other's teams and at our own expense but yeah it must have been it must have been <laughs> devastating to be there in a way but also probably quite thrilling in the early stages no it was amazing yeah I started off with uh, being in the pub at four o'clock and then heading to the ground at about six half six um, and the atmosphere was just brilliant again. It was great to see everyone out with their flags and scarves and in great voice and everyone was was up for it. And they made a really good start. I mean, the first half was uh, was pretty tight and Joe Linton got his goal. It was a great strike. Um, but I don't know, they got a bit schooled, I think. It was so open, that, that second half. Um, and it wasn't meant to be, but it, hopefully it'll be a great learning curve for them. It's been a great few months in the Champions League and loads to talk about. Where Newcastle were to where Newcastle now, I mean, even us just talking about nights against AC Milan and PSG and Champions League has has been amazing. So hopefully that's given everyone um, inside the club a taste for for what can be and what hopefully will be. But, But people now have to be a little bit patient as well because I think we also need to remember that Newcastle are way ahead of uh, of schedule and I think this season was always likely to be a correction season which is why I said if they finished fifth it would be a remarkable achievement um, so it is what it is got to get back to the to the game on Saturday Fulham and then Chelsea in the Carabao Cup so yeah you sound like a manager <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just got to have a bit of reality though haven't you no I, I, I must say though I was watching the game with about 10, 15 minutes to go. And obviously either side was looking to, to get that winner because there was a point where you could yeah. go through to the Champions League. But I was sitting there thinking, 
I think the Europa League's a really good result for Newcastle here. If they like stick at it, and you know, rather than go so gung ho that you mm. completely risk him being out of Europe altogether. Because if you, I mean, yes, I can understand it because the crowd are right behind you. Everybody wants you to go for that win. It will be an extraordinary performance, really, to get through what was clearly the most difficult group um, to qualify from. But I just thought to myself. The Europa League would be a really good result for Newcastle because A, you'd be massively proud of the fact that you've you've stayed in Europe despite being in that group. And secondly, it's a tournament that I think you could conceivably win. You'd be one of the favourites to actually to win a trophy. Whereas the Champions League, um, in all you know, in reality, the, the, you know, Newcastle are not ready to win a competition like that. So I just thought, understandably so, because of, you know, the the emotions of the night. But I just I just thought if there'd been a little bit more, yes, try and get the winner, but at the same time, don't just like throw everyone forward so you're so open to the counter-attack. What did you make of it? Yeah, I, I thought I thought exactly the same. Um, totally agree. I mean, Milan had to win the game. So they, they were, they, I mean, they were wide open. Um, they were starting to put three and four men forward um, as well themselves. So well, they had to go. They had it, to go they? and win win yeah. the game. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it was like you know, like one of those um, last days of the season when the result is like swirling around the ground from the yeah. other game, Dortmund yeah. against PSG. It was like, oh, Dortmund has scored. Then the crowd were all up and cheering, and then it was like, oh fuck, PSG have just scored and equalised, and then. There was a rumor going around PSG, so it was like, "Oh my God, this is crazy." So yeah, I was, I was like you guys. I was, I was thinking, well, I don't know. I think, I, I don't think the uh, the Europe is a bad spot to be, and you know, finishing third in this tough group. But hey, it wasn't meant to be. What about Tamori? How good was Tamori? Really good. His yeah. goal line clearance. Oh, yeah, yeah commanding of the box, his, his late run when he hit the post. I was looking at English centre-halves, and like I said the other day, I don't think we were blessed in that position, and I don't want to get too excited just after one game, but that performance on a European stage shows he's got the courage, and when he's at his best, he can p- definitely play at this level. Mm. Yeah, he played well, didn't he? Looked really good. Where, really where good. are you, Mike? Are you in a caravan or something? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> Does it sound like I'm in a caravan, does it? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, in, I'm in Mayfair. I, 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 don't, I don't know what caravans sound like when you're inside them, but I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're in a hotel. I'm in Mayfair. No, I'm in a service department in Mayfair. I've been here for three nights. I've been down here since Monday night. This sounds a bit suspect. You're in a service department <laughs> in Mayfair and you've been there for three nights. What's have going you, on, Micah? Have you been serviced then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Tomorrow, do you, I mean, Southgate sort of brought him back in a little bit and I, what do you th- I mean, he's, he's got to be a contender for, for actually a, a place in the England team, hasn't he? I would say so. Mm. I mean, like you said, we, we don't want to be reactionary where yeah. one... Because I, I do really like Dunk. I think Dunk's really got something to offer. We like Gehi as well. I think we always picked him to be in the, the uh, starting 11. Maguire's turned his, his form round, even though Man United have not been playing the best. But I do like the look of tomorrow. If someone's playing Champions League football... You've got to give them a go. And and that's why we said in the friendlies, it'd be really nice to give these players a run out. So if they do get the shirt, 
the ready, and I believe he's ready. Yeah, I don't think we're being reactionary with Tamori. We've mentioned him many times. You, you in particular, uh, Micah. Um, I think there's something, there's an element of truth, certainly in terms of overall football supporters, when out of sight, out of mind, you know, you're over there in Italy and not everyone, you know, follows European leagues, perhaps like some of us do. Um, but he's 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 definitely maturing into excellent player. And the fact that he's you know he's he's, he's one of the most important players at a club like Milan, who are flying in in Syria as well, s- speaks volumes for him. And imagine as a defender how much you'd learn by being in Italian football. You know the masters of of, of the defensive game in many ways, Caccinaccio and all that. I know I know the game in Italy has changed to a degree and it's kind of far more attack-minded than than it used to be. But you'd definitely learn a lot, wouldn't you? One of us didn't learn a lot, did they, when they were in Italy? <laughs> <laughs> That's because we had a strikers coach, mate. That's why. Yeah. I want the defenders coach. I, I, I turned up with, and Montella was there. He just wanted to play out from the back. Yeah. I was like, what's that? When I was in Italy, I learnt shit. <laughs> so for, for Newcastle now, Alan, what what do they need to kind of take that next step forward? Well, ultimately, they're going to need better players. I mean, but it's just happened so quick for Newcastle, hasn't it? I mean, it, no one no one expected them to get into the top four last year, and because of that. There has to be a bit of realism. And I, I'm not suggesting there isn't from Newcastle fans, because I think there is and there will be, and there will be patience. Because um, they're way, way ahead of schedule. I just hope they're not a victim of their own success in terms of that, because it's happened so quickly. There's no way that two years ago you'd have said Newcastle playing PSG and AC Milan and all these great games in the Champions League. You would have said, no chance, it's far too quick. But it has happened and it's reality. So they're way ahead of schedule. But to get to that next level, obviously you're going to need better players. Yeah, the victims of their own success in a way, but they're also victims of that appalling decision, which (laughs) I think we were all thinking about that in the last 15 minutes of that game. Yeah, but hey, shit happens. But there you go. Got to move on. Yeah, you have. Manchester City played yesterday as well. Obviously, you've put out kind of a second string, lots of young players, and uh, two of them caught the eye. I think finally we might have found a really, really good Manchester City Micah. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't know what I'm talking about, a a young man um, made his kind of Champions League start, uh, Micah Hamilton. Did you know much about him, Michael? He, he's been on the bench a couple of times uh, this season. Um, you, you hear whispers that uh, are in the uh, academy and he's, he's played with Oscar Bob and he's really close to Rico Lewis. And I didn't know if he could transform. You know, when you're watching academy football, someone gets loads of goals and loads of assists. Um, and then when they come to first team football, it's almost like... Headless chicken. So I, I didn't know whether he could cope at this level, but yesterday he showed he can cope. He's dangerous, electrified winger, could play left, could play right, could play in the, in, in the middle as well, got pace, got skill, and he can finish. It was a joy to see coming, you know, another academy graduate. There's, you know, we talk about 
how good Man City are winning trebles and how much money they can invest in. But it's nice to see young talent being given a chance. And he took his chance yesterday. So hopefully more games. Was he named after you, Micah? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, how, what's the age? How old is he? About, was he about 19, 20, something like that? And you're, 20, I think you're, he is. You're, you're what now? 35. Nah, not quite. The maths don't work. You burst onto the scene three years later, otherwise you, you, you could have been the first child in the country to named after the, the great Micah Richards. <laughs> it doesn't quite work, though. I'm going to DM him, actually. I'm going to message him on, on, on Instagram and ask him, yeah. why are you called Micah? But the thing is, though, now... What's annoying me? Everyone knows his name's Micah now. Yeah. Where I've had to deal yeah. for 15 years <laughs> because of Frankie Bon. Everyone calling me Mika. 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 Just put it into the mixer. <laughs> Stop dallying it with it. Just put it into mix mixer. <laughs> He's called me that for absolute years. And now everyone knows this guy's Micah. So I've paved the way for him. Yeah, you have. <laughs> It's really important. It's it's really weird that I, there's a lot of um, quite a few Brazilians called Linica. They first name they used Linica from because they were kind of born a, around the time of the 1986 World Cup. Um, and it's it's really odd, including Linica. including I believe a really famous kind of I don't know wrestler or UFC fighter or something. Yeah. <laughs> very bizarre um, but Mike is a much better name to call you Charles I think now that everyone knows how to pronounce it properly let's like switch our attention um, slightly to well Manchester United I mean they, they, I mean, they went out like Newcastle finished bottom of the group but um, certainly with um, in, a, in a different style in a different fashion shall we say to finish bottom of that group was pretty poor and it just I mean we've done a lot of podcasts where we've talked about the um, current um, state of Manchester United their demise in recent times and that kind of epitomises it doesn't it sums it God. up in a way it was so flat wasn't it Old Trafford I mean the atmosphere was, was hardly any it was dead the performance was flat I mean it was just nothing. It was it was nothing to get excited about that performance the night. They went out with a, a whimper. Yeah, it was just all very very flat and nothing to suggest that they wanted to stay in that competition. Obviously they wanted to, but you just didn't see enough from anyone on the pitch. There wasn't enough urgency or anything, was there? No, really poor. No, I mean Radcliffe is supposedly coming in. We don't, you know, it, it, it's supposed to be quite imminent. Um, and Heard that talk before, though, haven't we? Brailsford and stuff like that. But that's it's it's hard to envisage that that changing it that much, isn't it? Really, because if you look at them now, how many how many players do they need to to change things? Do you think half the team? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and that Definitely. takes time. It takes money, and it takes good recruitment. And that, which is the same with any club. It's whatever your budget is, and theirs has been pretty big. I have to say, over the years, despite uh, despite everything, but it just shows you how important recruitment is and, and getting it right, isn't it? I just think because of how stale it's been there um, for for such a while, that standards have dropped so much that it is going to take it is going to take a long time or a good few seasons anyway for them to get anywhere near back where they want to be and where they were. Mika, Micah, Mika, what do you think? <laughs> We've talked so much and we can pick out individuals, can't we, and say this player must go and that player must go. But, like, 
it's just not good enough collectively. You know, I I don't want to dig individuals out because I just don't, I, I don't think it's fair anymore. I think watching that game against Bayern, obviously they lost to, to Bournemouth at home. So they approached the Bayern game as basically, okay, we're not going to get stuffed tonight. It's almost like, when I was listening to Ten Hag after his interview, he said they played very well and they coped with... I'm thinking to myself, you're in the Champions League, you're going to give it absolutely everything you've got. You might as well just go out with a bang. We've talked about teams now, not just sitting back and defending. And he got a chance. And Bayern was in second gear. There was times where Man United could have took the game to them, but they just didn't do it. They just need a, a, a freshen up. They need some positivity round round the camp. And you know what they need more than anything? They need players with personality who can take responsibility. Forget what they can do technically and tactically. Someone who wants to be at Man United and actually care about being at the club, not just coming there for a wage, you know? And that's what they need. People who actually care. And I don't see that at this moment in time, collectively, not naming individuals as a team. They just look so low on confidence and it's going to be very difficult for them to get that back. So a friend of mine asked me a question um, the other day. Um, in fact, it was about two or three weeks ago and obviously things have, have gone worse for Manchester United since then. He's a, he's a Man United fan and he said to me, if you swap the two managers, Ten Hag with Pep Guardiola now, which side would be top by the end of the season between the two of them? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a good question. We will never know. It's obviously... it's. it's, it's, it's a... <laughs> what, what was your answer, Gaz? My answer was that um, I thought it'd be really close and a damn sight closer than it is now. I think Pep's a genius. Um, I think he'd, that he'd get, obviously, initial bounce and he's so clever with, with players. Yeah, I think, it will, I think it'd, it'd be fascinating, wouldn't it? <laughs> you just did that now and just see where, who was where. And there's not a massive gap between them at the moment. So uh, in terms of points, in yeah. terms of where they both are as clubs, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a chasm uh, between them. But um, I thought it was an interesting question. Um, not one we'll ever have the answer to, but um, <laughs> it would be quite... Um, be quite fascinating to see where they both finish because obviously well you know Pep's arguably the greatest coach of all time he has he'd, he'd have to be in the, in that any debate about that wouldn't he yep absolutely mm-hmm. no doubt about that right we've talked about the two clubs that finished bottom of their groups um, in the Champions League now it'd be interesting to see we've, we've mentioned many times this season about the fact that it could well be five clubs that qualify for next season's uh, Champions League. Uh, different format, of course. It's like two big leagues. It's it, it's quite complicated, actually. In fact, we should probably do an episode at, at some point where where we discuss and uh, try and explain to people how that um, next season's Champions League works because it's very, very different. But we have talking about the fact that um, a couple of the top leagues will have five clubs in. It'll be interesting to see whether the fact that two of our clubs have finished bottom, having said that, two other clubs have finished top and our clubs also are doing pretty well um, so far in the Europa League so whether that will affect um, English football and the Premier League's coefficient um, we'll have to wait and see won't we 
Yeah, I mean, I don't. I haven't got the answer to that, unfortunately. I don't know. We'll have to. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But there was talk about Premier League having five next season, or the top five being able to qualify. Um, but you, I think it's done in the points thing, isn't it? Where you actually finish in in the league. So you're right about the two clubs. I mean, City and Arsenal finishing top of their league might sort of make up for um, Newcastle and Manchester United finishing bottom. But I believe we fell a place yesterday after after the results. So I think we're behind Spain. If I'm, we was told yesterday in 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 our stats. So yeah, it's going to be interesting, you know, the permutations and towards the end of the season. Because if we were to get that fifth spot, it'd be brilliant for English football. You know, the the top four have been going for so long, but we always talk about the teams emerging. Your Newcastle's, your, your Spurs, Liverpool getting back to the the best Arsenal. And City, it'd be nice if we could have a, a top five, but obviously we won't know until till later on within the season. Okay, let's take a break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. 
In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the rest is football with me, Gary Lineker, Micah Richards and Alan Shearer. Um, let's talk about Arsenal. Top the group, um, pretty comfortable and their progress is, is, is solid, isn't it? They're continuing to improve. They're, you know, right at the top of the, of the Premier League, just behind um, Liverpool and through to the Champions League knockout stages. I, you can see an improvement under Arteta. They're on the rise, aren't they, Micah? Yep, they are. Um, and it's the Arsenal, if you're a gunner, Gary. Let, let's, get it, let's get it right, please. It's not just Arsenal, it's the Arsenal. <laughs> oh, blimey, they've qualified now. He's an Arsenal fan again. <laughs> but in, term, in terms of their form... It's actually strange talking about Arsenal. They've been brilliant, bought into what Arteta's doing. I don't think they're at the level this year as last year, but it could be taken in two ways. I think that could be a good thing because they've still got another gear to go. If you look at Arsenal's front three between Saka, Martinelli and, and Jesus, within the league, they only have nine goals so if they were to want to win the league, that's going to improve. But them being in and around it, having not scored that many goals, actually thinks, oh, okay, if we get better, we can do this. In the Champions League group, not no disrespect to the other teams in there, you expected them to go through. But it's how they're going through with flying colours is, is really good. You know, making some changes as well. You expect them to beat Lens. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, and, and Seville was a team where I thought would do a little bit better coming bottom of the group with just two points. And then PSV have been a really good team in, in this competition. But to top that, it just gives them the confidence they need. Um, really going in the right direction and long may it continue. Well, Arsenal are the only team um, that have beaten PSV uh, this season. They've been flying um, in Eredivisie. Um, so, you know, and then to get a draw away from home is uh, pretty good. I think the Arsenal fans and Mikel Arteta will be delighted with what's happened so far this season for them. Um, finishing top with a group, they're right in the title chase. Things are improving. Slightly different Arsenal, isn't it, that we've, that we've seen in the league anyway in terms of defensively um, not scoring as many goals. But no, I, th I think everyone connected with Arsenal will say they're in a really good place and they're ready to uh, they're ready to go on and improve again. I think most people would, would say, well, we say it about a lot of sides, don't we? But they're, they're probably, you know, a, a seriously good goal scorer away from really starting to win a lot of things, aren't they? Uh, do, do you th I mean, rumour has bit... it, Ivan Tony. Yeah, but Newcastle go for them as well, though, Alan, do you think? I suppose now they're out of Europe, then they might probably wait till the summer. I would, if I yeah. was in terms of the recruitment at, at Newcastle. Um, 
I think he's a really good player and it would be a really good option and Newcastle need to improve in that uh, in that department they need another body in there so I don't think there'll be any shortage of uh, of takers to for uh, for Ivan Tony. Yeah, do you think he's is the right style of centre forward for Arsenal? Yeah, I do. I think that with uh, with who they've got on either side down the flanks then I think he would have a field day with crosses coming into the box, yeah. Yeah, I do. They do get a lot of crosses in. Exactly. And he would love that. Yeah, I, I agree agree with that. And I, I think it's a different Arsenal. If you look at the way they used to play last year with Martinelli and Saka on the wings, they used to have so much space. But because they're the danger men now, they're almost sort of doubling up on them where before Saka would probably take on one or two. Now they become more of a crossing team trying to get out of tight areas. And he adds someone like Tony, like Alan says, with his physical power in the box, his heading ability. I think he suits Arsenal now. I really do. I would agree. Interesting that Sevilla um, dropped out of of European football, finishing bottom of that group because (laughs) they've missed out because they normally get the Champions League and then finish third in the group, slip down to the Europa League and win it. Seven <laughs> times winners of, the, of that competition. Um, and they're out of it at, um, now, which was, you know, a big, a big surprise, really. And obviously we don't know, uh, because we're talking on Thursday morning, not on Friday morning, um, about how our sides have, have done in the Europa League. But West Ham, Brighton and particularly Liverpool would have to be probably the favourites in in that competition. Yeah, Liverpool look strong with the squad they have, uh, with the experience that they have, then they'll they'll be without doubt one of the favourites and fancy themselves to go all the way and win at Liverpool. Without doubt. I think it's Liverpool's competition now. The quality they're showing. We've got January window ahead as well. So yeah, I would agree with Alan on that. I think I think it's for down for for, for Liverpool. Mm. Well, that's Europa League sorted. Liverpool are going to win it. Uh, <laughs> who's going to win the Champions League? Obviously, we've got through the group stages. We know who's in in the knockout. The draw is always interesting, um, and I always think it. The Champions League really starts, doesn't it? When it in February, once you get the knockout, particularly the second legs, of fantastic stuff. Who's your favourite? Real Madrid and City. City have to be favourites, don't they? Yeah, they've got De Bruyne to come back as well. Um, yeah. If his time scale's correct, so um, he will without doubt improve them as uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, those two again. The only thing I would say about Real Madrid, I mean, obviously we've been following how brilliant um, Jude Bellingham has has done this season. Um, and and he he scored again, didn't he? <laughs> and he's he's I think sixteen goals now this season or something or sixteen seventeen for Real Madrid, which is which is quite something because he's not exactly an out and out striker, even though he's been played I suppose in a very attacking position. Um, it also perhaps though highlights the weakness in this Real Madrid side that they haven't got an outstanding number nine. They've got an outstanding manager though, so. He's, I mean, we mentioned Pep, didn't we? If we you're talking about all-time greats exactly. in terms of of, of coaches, um, Ancelotti yep. would have to be up there, wouldn't Absolutely. he? Absolutely, yeah. Definitely. And he wouldn't he wouldn't surprise me one bit if he goes to Brazil, which is is, is expected um, that he, he leads them to to glory. That would, he, I think. Then <laughs> I'm going to throw in a curveball. Go on. After watching PSG away at Dortmund yesterday. Kylian Mbappe, when he's in this sort of form, but it's not only Kylian now. So before we have had Messi and Neymar, 
It was almost like there was just too many superstars. Who do you get the ball to? Now with Zaya Emre in, in midfield, he is absolutely sensational. He, he's going to be another superstar if he's already not. We've known about him because Thierry Henry yes. coached him at the 21s. He got his full senior call-up. Thierry Henry's hoping to have him for the Olympics as well next year. Um, Barcola, another youngster who plays on the left or right side. Really good, young attacking threat they've got there. They've got Kolo Mwani, who's got pace, which then leaves gaps for killing Mbappe. And just as a team, that's the first time I've seen PSG as a team working away when they needed something because it was going to be doom and gloom for PSG. It was going to be, since the, the, the takeover, I can't remember the exact year, but the first time it was not going to get into a, a knockout round, you know, and there was so much pressure and they dealt with the pressure very well. So I'm not going to say they win it, but they're going to be con contenders, I would say. I'd be amazed if they are. I'd be really surprised if uh, if they were. I mean, I obviously watched them closely at home when Newcastle played them and away. Mm, not, I haven't been convinced with them. I may be wrong, but I'd be amazed if they went all the way. Thierry Henry told us about Zaire Emery, didn't he? Um, remember right at the start of the season when we had that um, yeah. two-part special with um, Thierry, which is still available, obviously, if you if you want to go and, and listen to that, if you did miss it. Um, but it, w within that, well, I think we asked him the question, who's the up-and-coming player that you, you really like? And um, he plucked out Zaire Emery and he's certainly not let him down so far. Yeah. He's been absolutely sensational for, yeah. for PSG this season. I, th I think they're a little bit short. Um, I, I, but you did say, Micah, that, that you know you don't expect them to win it. But I think I think it's a you know they they're not a team you'd want to probably draw in the last sixteen. Uh, that's for sure. How about Bayern Munich? You know, with Har they've got Harry Kane, who's been sensational for them. <sighs> yeah, you, you would say so, but they can be on 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 transition. Look, I'm using buzzwords now, but on the counter attack. They, they don't defend counters very well. They're similar to Man City where they dictate the ball and they've got such good players, but they leave themselves open. And you've seen that at the weekend when they lost in Germany, they conceded five goals and was talking about they won the XG, but you've still got to defend properly. And I think the, the centre-halves get exposed a lot in that team. In terms of going forward, they'll always be able to, to score goals. We have no problem with that. But just defensively, in the right moments, can they deal with it? That would be my one question mark for Bayern. Agreed, Micah. Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, Inter, Dortmund as well. As, and you've mentioned PSG. Impressed with Dortmund, I was. Yeah. I've been impressed I, with them. I'm not sure. I'm not sure they can win it, though. No, I don't think they will no. win it. But I was, I've been impressed with them. Yeah, I'm not sure you'd want to draw them. I think their home and away would make it very difficult for any team. Um so, but I, do, I wouldn't expect them to win it, no. Uh, well, we look forward to the draw. Um, There's been an interesting story that has, well, it's not emerged because it's, it's, it's within the UEFA um, rules about owners can't have two sides in the Champions League or the Europa League. So, for example, the fact that Manchester City owners city group as they're called um also own a number of clubs around the world and one of those clubs is uh Girona and I think the rules stipulate that 
the owners can't have more than one club in one competition. So what would happen is if Girona, who are currently two points clear at the top of La Liga, if they went on to win the title, which I have to say would be highly unlikely, and it would be you know a story up there with with Leicester's in terms of of the surprise nature of it. That um, if they finish first and say Manchester City finish second in the Premier League, the team um, that will go into next season's Champions League would be Girona, not Manchester City, because they finished top of their league. Um, so it's, it throws something up as well. Also, if, if, if Radcliffe does join uh, Manchester United, I'm, I'm not sure how much of the football club you need to own, but he also is involved with Nice, um, who are currently second in the French League. So, you know, therefore, if, if Manchester United somehow finish fourth or fifth, then then Nice would go through and not Manchester United. Um, unless, I don't know whether it's a percentage of a football club or it's all <laughs> of the football club or 50% of the football club. Um, we'll have to look at that. But it is, it's an interesting story, isn't it? About, because it's become much more common now, isn't it? For, for owners of football clubs to own a number of them. There's quite a lot of Premier League clubs that, particularly with American owners, that, that, that they own multiple football clubs. Yeah, it's a re- it's an interesting situation. I mean, I I don't know what happened, but I'm I'm obviously aware of who owns what and who could own what, and I'm aware that um, the uh, the UEFA rules in terms of the ownership that both clubs can't compete against each other. So uh, yeah, I I haven't got a clue what would happen. I I I wonder if if <laughs> it's me playing uh, a bit cynical here, but right. So you've got. I don't know, three weeks left of the season and, and Manchester City are second or third in the Premier League and, and Girona are two points clear of La Liga. What do City's owners, <laughs> what do they think? What do they do? Maybe ask the Man City ambassador. <laughs> I, plead, I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> no, but wasn't that a similar occasion? What wasn't there a similar a thing with with Salzburg and and Leipzig? They they was owned by the same brand, Red Red Bull, Red isn't, Bull it? isn't it? Yeah. But then there was some yeah. complications around the ownership, and they had to remove some of the staff. I remember I remember the story because I asked the same question. So look, we're not lawyers; we can't get into the to the the technical side of things, but. It will be interesting to see what happens. It really will. Because you want Girona to do well because the success story is unbelievable. But you've got to have Man City in the Champions League. For sure you have. I want to finish this um, episode. We, I mean, On Mondays, we always do a moment of the weekend, but perhaps we could do a moment of the midweek. Sergio Ramos, did you did you see it? Scored a Penenka. Yeah. Um, he was allowed to retake it after uh, missing his original spot kick. And then he got booked for kicking the goalkeeper's <laughs> hands when he was trying to get the ball back. Uh, but he is now the Champions League highest um, ever scoring defender. I mean, that kind of few minutes there sums up probably Ramos in many ways. Doesn't it? I think he's been, he's one of the great defenders that, uh, over the last 20 years in, in, in world football. Unbelievable player that you want on your side. Um, but he's got a bit of shithousery in him. Um, <laughs> but he's also, he's also a player that can score. As is, This is the proof that he scores a lot of goals. <laughs> I think you probably summed him up perfectly. Yeah, he's, he, he's, one, he's one of these guys that you'd rather have him in your team run play against you yeah definitely for obvious reasons 
From a defensive point of view, Micah, what are his strengths? What a player. Yeah. Oh, he's just, he's got absolutely everything. Ramos, whether it's leadership, whether it's reading the game, whether it's so calm on the ball. The, the, the favourite word that Danny Murphy uses all the time, that tenacity. <laughs> and he's just got a cool head in front of goal from a defender's point of view. He's not got a cool head when it comes to picking up yellow cards. I think he's got over 150 yellow cards or something daft like that. I remember seeing a stat a couple of years ago in his career, but he is a legend of the game. Absolutely brilliant. Really good. Top player. And I actually like his shithousery as well. <laughs> yeah, it's good I for football. Yeah, quite a bit of um, He's got plenty of red cards as well. Right, that's it from us for this week. Um, goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. That's goodbye from me. Have a good weekend. <laughs>